Welcome back to the Opa Ghost mini book club episodes. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, Heaven. The book for this week's Paranormal Book Club is A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Heaven by Corey Taylor. Yes, Jonathan, hold up the book. I was holding it up for no one's, I don't know, benefit but my own. I don't know. For those who don't know who Corey Taylor is, he is the lead singer of Slipknot and Stone Sour, and he also puts out solo work, and he has a few other books out as well. I have two more of them. One of them is called You're Making Me Hate You, a cantankerous look at the common misconception that humans have any common sense left. And the other one is called Seven Deadly Sins, Settling the Argument Between Born Bad and Damaged Good. Wow, he's opinionated. Could you tell that by reading the book we just read? Uh, Yeah. Yes, I could. If you read this week's with us and you liked it, um, I'll link the others in the show notes. This one is really the only one that touches on the paranormal. I really liked the book. I bought it right when it released back in 2013. So this was my second time reading it. And it had been a decade, so I had kind of forgotten how much of it was almost like ramblings of a madman. Indeed. (laughs) There's a lot of that. (laughs) I mean that in the best way possible, and I'm sure he would agree, but it's it's a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, I like the book, too. I enjoyed it. But, you know, one of my complaints is that if I had to complain about it in some way is that he kind of has this rambly shtick thing that he does throughout the book and it gets kind yeah. of distracting at times. But yeah, especially for another person who has ADHD, I'm sure it's hard to read the writings of someone else who does. Oh, no, you don't even know. It's like, <laughs> it's insane. But I mean, it really wasn't that bad, but you know, and I get it. It's, you know, he's, I think he's trying to inject some, some of his character. Right. Yeah. Into his story. Right. I appreciate that. But, you know, at the same time, you know, I'm also ADHD and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to focus on this book because I know I'm going to end up having to talk about it. So as he rambles and goes off on a tangent in the middle of a story, I'm like, oh, my God, you can't do this to me. You know, (laughs) (laughs) thank God that you have audiobooks. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, and the funny thing is um, he reads the audiobook. Oh, that's great. I'm going to have to get that. I think one of the main reasons I like it, aside from my obsession with Corey Taylor, is that his thoughts on the paranormal are really similar to mine. He talks a lot about energy, how you can't destroy it. It has to go somewhere. So where does it go? And he talks about like his thoughts on intelligent energy. He gets kind of science-y. Yeah. His thought is kind of the the prevailing thought, too. So he kind of yeah. a- agrees with what people think. I'm not sure that that's where I stand on the whole thing. I'm not going to disagree with him because I don't, you know, his theory is as good as anyone else's. You know, well, nobody yeah. really knows. So he talks about it in chapter five, which is called paranormal paralysis and paranoid parameters. He says, consider a ball of silly putty rolled up into a newspaper. The ink adheres to the silly putty, giving you a mirror image transfer that you can then pull and manipulate into different shapes. He says his idea of intelligent energy is similar to that, that the soul is the newspaper and the energy is the silly putty. And then he like explains a bunch more sciencey stuff. And then he says, basically, because the energy can't be destroyed, the intelligence of the spirit carries on without the body to fuel it. Which is just kind of the silly putty things like an easier way to explain why I believe so much that a lot of the paranormal 
revolves around energy and not just residual. When it comes to residual stuff, Dave Schrader said one of the smartest things I've ever heard anybody say, and he was talking about, you know, we think it's grandma going up and down the stairs. We hear her going up and down the stairs. You know, it's residual energy. She's not really here. It's just that. He's right. like, well, where did all this energy come from? If that's what's going on, why the hell did it take grandma dying before it manifested? If that's what she's doing, if she's putting this energy up and down these stairs because she's went up and down those stairs for 75 years, why the hell aren't we hearing it before she dies? Because because you would be hearing her do it in the real world. And then when she dies, it carries on, right? Like you don't hear it, hear the energy of it when she's alive because she's physically doing it, right? The idea is if you're imparting this energy on the atmosphere. I don't know. I guess my opinion of residual energy was just always that it was more timed with the same moments in life that you would do that thing. Like if you oh, so... walked the same path through your house every night, at getting ready to lay down then yeah well here's a i'm gonna i'm playing devil's advocate for no you that's good that's what we're all about so grandma's going up and down the stairs every night at seven o'clock uh-huh and what happens when grandma spends the weekend in florida you know and she's not going up and down the stairs at seven o'clock tonight mm -hmm. but you house sitting for grandma you don't hear grandma go up the stairs at seven o'clock well, if she's imparting this energy, why does it take right. her dying before anybody's able to pick up on this energy? And that's the th that's the kind of the thing with energy for me. I think it's I think there's something else going on there. I don't think it's just energy. I think there's energy involved, some sort of energy. Right. I don't know what to call it other than, you know, energy, but I think there's something else at play. One of the many great questions. Cuz then it goes, you know, into like, well, is the energy like fully connected to you. So it follows you and goes with you. And then when you leave, it doesn't have anywhere to go. So it like repeats your actions or I don't know. There's a million different things. But again, we digress. We're talking about Taylor's book, not my. Yeah, well, where Taylor's book instigated us to talk about energy. So shut That's up. Jonathan. True. Yes, ma'am. I apologize. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Another chapter that um, really interested me was chapter four, which was One Night in Farrar, which I oh, can never say that right. Farrar? Farrar School? The Farrar School. Yeah, Farrar is a haunted school in Iowa, which is where Corey is from. Right. In our Haunted Schools episode, it was one that I considered, but I figured everybody and his brothers either heard of it, been there, done that. Yeah. So I walked away, unfortunately. But I would love to go there. Yeah, we really want to get in there. I mean, if you just do a quick Google search, you'll find so many YouTube videos. Kindred Spirits did an episode. I saw some show called Ghost Stalkers that I've never heard of. They did an episode there. Mm -hmm. I've heard that one. Pretty much every ghost hunting show worth its weight in trash has been to far. <laughs> you know, it's like Waverly Hills, Pan um, Eastern State, and then they go to Far Art, you know? Yeah. And he had quite a few experiences there, so... It's really interesting to read about when it's someplace that we already want to get into. Yeah. And, you know, not to plug Troy Taylor and his company again, but <laughs> plug away. American Hauntings does a uh, night at Farrar. So, yeah. Last chapter I want to briefly mention is chapter six. It's called Foster Manor. And in this chapter, he tells us about the experiences he had in his own house. And this was the chapter that really just freaked me out the most. 
It seems like the main haunting is a shadow man, and it was scaring his son when he was little. And at one point, Corey says that his son kept asking him to sleep in his room. And when Corey asked him why, he said, when you're in here with me, the shadow man stops keeping me awake. And that just reminds me so much of when Jackson told me that the floating people were bothering him. Mm -hmm. And I'm not often scared of ghosts, but when you're a parent and your child is terrified of something that you can't see. This this is the house he had when he was on the nice side of town. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Not the last house he's in by the end of the book. The one he like moved to this really nice house because, you know, he felt he should because it's a real, you know, it's a nice neighborhood and all of that. And then he got there and was kind of disillusioned with it afterward, but like the house and all, but it was, there was ghosts there. (laughs) Yeah, there were a lot of ghosts there. Yeah, that's that house. That's kind of the theme of the book. I mean, everywhere he goes, he runs into ghosts. It's mostly his personal experiences with the paranormal and, and certainly an interjection of his philosophy of all these things and, and God and all of that. But there's a little bit in there about, you know, when I was with Stone Sour or when I was with Slipknot, you know, we stayed at this one place where, you know, we were there for five months or whatever. Oh, da, da, yeah. da, but, the mansion in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. I stayed here and it was these things happened while we were there. and. Mm-hmm. Freaked everybody out, freaked him out, but not as much as some of the other ones. I think in one of those instances, he was talking about how one of the bandmates wouldn't even stay there. Yeah. Well, it's owned by somebody at the record label. And there's stories from other bands and people who have stayed there of it also being haunted. One of my favorite chapters, I like them all, minus some of the ranty stuff he does. I mean, he gets gets kind of on that I'm an atheist um, rant and and it's all good and fine. I mean, I'm not an atheist, but I don't disagree with some of his assessments when it comes to religion, you know. Probably one of my favorite chapters was actually the very first one, Cold House. Oh, yeah. You know, he talks about, you know, when he was a kid and he's running around with these other kids and it would cut through the woods basically to get from one part of town to another and in the middle of the woods which wasn't much of a woods but it was you know enough to be creepy as a kid yeah enough to be creepy and but there was a house there that was abandoned kind of left abandoned and how they had went in there and had a crazy experience and if you've ever grown up in a as a kid that ran the town you know and ran all the areas around town i mean i'm sure at some point, you've probably been inside of some place you weren't supposed to be inside <laughs> yeah. of, whether it was abandoned or not, and, you know, messing around and, and stuff and, you know, scaring yourself, scaring your friends or whatever. So, you know, I completely resonates with me as a kid that, you know, grew up in a small town and, you know, used to frequent some of the the abandoned elevator or the uh, <laughs> yeah. the not so abandoned barn or whatever, you know. It really gives you that nostalgia feeling of being a little kid and just wanting something to creep you out and scare you. I mean, it took me straight back to junior high. Yeah. Do you have another, anything else you want to talk about? That's all my thoughts on it. He had a really cool experience in a theater and there are some other things, but I don't want to sit here and talk about it too much (laughs) because I don't want to give it away. I mean, the book's been out for a while, you know, no spoilers or anything. You know, it's hard to talk about some of it without giving a lot of it away. And I don't really want to do that. I'd rather people go buy it themselves and and get pissed off at his ranting. And <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Plus, it is a mini episode. So I like anyone's ghost stories, you know, and he's got some pretty good ones. So I agree. That's kind of how I see it. Anybody that's got a good ghost story, I'm all down for it. Ranting and musings of a madman aside. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've read it twice now and I love it. So if you're a Corey Taylor fan or a paranormal fan that doesn't mind a little bit of that rambling and anti-organized religion rants, you should definitely check it out. And it's not really that bad. If you're one of those people that get pissed off because someone has a different view than you when it comes to something like politics or religion, then it don't matter what you read, right? Right. Skip this one then. Yeah, I would skip it if you really have, you know, strong views on, I mean, he doesn't get over the top. Like I said, he makes some valid points. Our next book club read will be A Natural History of Ghosts, 500 Years of Hunting for Proof by Roger Clark. Email us your scary experiences with the paranormal. Our email is opeaghost at gmail.com. Visit us on Instagram at opeaghost. Bye. Toodles. Toodles.